It's camping. It's summer camp, motherfucker. <laughs> Hey everyone, welcome to this episode of Not Absolutely Not. I am Sharon and this I'm is my Sora. <laughs> I've had sugar, I apologize, you guys. <laughs> sucking on go-go sucking on a go-go squeeze. Oh. Okay, first of all, I love the go-go squeezes. Go-go squeeze if you're listening, we do that. um sponsorships. <laughs> Partnerships will advertise your squeeze. A healthy alternative to processed sugar. Go go squeeze. Get at me if you'd like me to promo any of your products because I have all of them and a lot of my fridge is stocked. Um, actually, we do not um, have any partnerships on that, but um, I, we would not be opposed <laughs> to a go go squeeze partnership. To a go go squeeze yes. partnership. Um, okay. So, anyway, welcome to this episode. Um, this episode of Not Absolutely Not, we are reviewing. Oh, drum roll. Friday the 13th, one through three. Boo, 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 boo. boo, 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 boo. <laughs> I couldn't do it. I was trying. I like how I did drum roll too, and you guys can't see it, but I was like hitting my hands like there was a desk, but there wasn't. So I was just paddling them in the air like a loser. So, um,. The theme for this season of Not Absolutely Not is summer camp. Summer camp, motherfucker! <laughs> it's summer camp! <laughs> motherfucker! <laughs> um, and Friday the 13th is the Mac Daddy, Mama and the Daddy originator of all the true scary summer horror movies so we wanted to do these now i'm not saying they're great so please with all due you know like just take it as a grain of salt but i felt like we had to honor the genre by doing what we all know is like sort of the like the start of all of the summer camp movies and truly what probably began i think that was probably like the scariest thing i had seen first and foremost as a little kid like that i got to just kind of watch on my own and mm-hmm. um, my life has not been the same since. So I will just say that. Yeah. Um, we're doing one through three because one and two are, are very similar. And three. It's awful. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, okay, we'll get to that. <laughs> However, check out our website, notabsolutelynot.com. And Sharon says like and subscribe, but I say do whatever you want. Just don't forget that we're here because we love when you listen to us and we love to get your feedback. So if you check out our website, you can stay up to date on what we're doing and how we're doing it and why it's called It's Summer Camp Motherfucker for our <laughs> season three like series. And subscribe. Okay. <laughs> Spoiler alerts. So if you have not seen any of the Friday the 13th, at least from the beginning, please go back and watch. Um, Only because, Sharon, you picked these movies and I had not watched them in so long. And you get sort of like the sense of ease as like, oh, I've seen it already. I kind of know what's going on. But when you have to watch it and pay attention to it, one and two only, I'm speaking for you. There's a lot of ingenuity in the filming, the sound, and the premise of those movies. Movie number three, I don't know what happened. 
I don't know what y'all were doing. I, I just don't know. I don't know if it's a budget issue or what. I, I, don't, know. I don't know. I have a theory. I think that um, the composer um, changed and then it got bad because um, I'm a big you think soundtrack it was the composer person. Or do you think the, 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 the com- well, I, I'm a big soundtrack person, right? So uh-huh. um, Harry, I think it's Harry or Henry Manfred Manfredini did one mm-hmm. and two and it's fantastic. It builds great suspense. <laughs> it's very reminiscent of um, like the old like Hitchcock films, right? Like just oh, that it, this, the, the music in itself brings out a lot of the emotion in, you know, I don't know about you guys, but I will watch scary movies and I will plug my ears. Like if it's getting really intense, that goes to show how much sound and music affect what you're watching. And, um, yeah. And number three, it was like all super synthesized pop shit. It was bad. So anyway, the opening music and the ending music are like, even if you don't watch three, <laughs> just watch the opening music and then the end credit music and just go, what, what is, what is that? Like who did this? Like, it, yeah. Okay. All right. So quick synopsis of, of, um, the, the first three movies. I'm just going to just run through it really quickly. Okay. So um, the first movie is begins with a group of kids um, that are prepping to open. Actually, that's not true. The movie begins with um, a scene where you see these two kids like getting ready to, you know, go off and get busy. And again, you know, this is the, 1981 I think it's 1980 1980 right so it's like it's like really kind of the beginning of like the super you know titty filled movie (laughs) like the pat and the tickle teenagers trying to go make out and do the whole thing however did you notice that the transition from one to two got a two got more raunchy than one did oh absolutely 100 well because yeah because yeah. it, it, it's they kind of amped it up a lot absolutely because as the years progress like and they got away with it so and actually um friday the 13th it was only one year it's 1980 and then 81 it was like full nudity and tits out and like I was like, because they tested the water and, and I remember, I mean, I'm at the age that I am. I remember when all this stuff came out and I was a kid, but I also very distinctly remember how, um, it was like, I mean, all through the eighties, it was just boobs and gore and boobs and teenage sex. Right. So, um, and what I do think is really cool is if you watch a lot of films now, you don't see that like you used to. But during the whole 80s, it was it was excessive. I mean, I watch some of this stuff now and I'm just like, geez, Louise, no wonder why kids had some of the issues they had today <laughs> or why us adults have some of the issues that we have today based on what we were seeing being filmed in the 80s. Anyway, so mm-hmm. it um, the film is, I think it's set in 1957, I think it is, where... Um, where these two camp counselors, they go and they sneak off and they're getting ready to, to get busy. And you see them kind of starting to, you know, fool around and they are interrupted by someone who walks in on them and kills them. And then you cut to the very next scene where you see this cute young girl who is hitchhiking. And that that's another thing, right? Hitchhiking. Hello. 
hitchhiking. And she was just getting a ride from anybody. Right, because that's what she, she didn't even look. She threw her bag in her trunk. I'm like, hey, I don't even know if you're going where I'm going, but I'm hopping in this car. Oh, yeah. And I was like, all right. And it was like the full on, like, you know, titty tea, like, hey, like, you know, booby shaking. Like, I'm going to Camp Crystal Lake. Can First you take of all, me there? <laughs> Brawless Friday the thirteenth, my favorite. I am so pro no bras, and I was like, yes, take them all off, girl, burn them. <laughs> um, so yeah, so anyway, they they go off, and and she, you know, she's getting, you know, trying to catch a ride. They there's another scene where they cut to um the people at the camp actually starting to get things ready. They're preparing for the children's arrival, and you've got the town nut who's in town who's like, don't do it bad place is bad, you know? And so you're kind of introduced to all like the characters in the town along the way that are basically saying this place should not be opened up. Do not reopen Camp Crystal Lake. Um, Very first person to get killed is Annie who is hitchhiking to the camp. And again, the, the great thing about the whole thing is that you don't know who is killing all these people, which is great. And again, the music is just building up this whole no what it's not just the music if you look at the way it's filmed you're always guessing whether it's the killer watching the person or if it's just a voyeuristic viewpoint so there are scenes in there set up where like when annie gets into that jeep and she's hitchhiking and she's talking to the driver and they never show the driver's face but you see the driver's viewpoint of them looking at her and you're like is she just like hanging out with the driver or is the driver the killer or what and then she ends up getting murdered and it always keeps you guessing who the killer is so it's not like the music subpar it's great music but if you don't add into like the cinematic viewpoint of how that camera is looking at each person to the point where it puts you on edge and you're kind of like whenever they're in a scene and you see the camera like voyeuristically looking at people you're like is that the killer looking at them or is that just someone showing what's happening and then it'll just be very benign and you're like okay okay it's not the killer or other times you'll be like no this is very benign and then they'll turn around and they'll be like ah and it's the killer and i'm like oh my god come on already but that's that what's so is cool like about those, those slasher movies, right? Like, um, and that's why I think Friday the 13th does such a great job. It it really kicks off with, you know, that that Hitchcockian sort of like, you know, anticipating who the bad Ooh, guy it. is, right? Mm-hmm. And um, and you don't know. You don't know up until the very, the very end. Um, now, of course, it would not be you know, a film in the 80s without some things where you're like, now how the hell? But whatever. We'll get to that. Um, so anyway, so um, as they, you know, as the kids arrive into the camp and everyone starts getting ready, you know, again, the town nut has warned everybody like, hey, don't, don't, you know. Up at open camp blood right. is what they called it. Right. Don't like, do don't it. come, but don't open up camp blood. And, you know, they're like, what are you talking about? Like, whatever. It's so crazy. Like, we're going to do that. And, um, and basically they go off to you know, open the camp and, and actually never really opens. That's let me make sure it never really opens. The kids never show up. It's just the camp counselors getting ready for the camp to open and they are all getting killed. Right. And, you know, it's very much like everybody trying to hook up. And, and I, I think I went to summer camp in 1980. 
four. And it, it like one of the reasons why I think I love this genre so much is because it's exactly how the camp was. It was like all like the high school seniors, like trying to hook up with each other. At camp. And you would be like, you know, and like fifth grade, we'd be all, you know, you know, Annie, do you like Doug? And Doug likes you. And then they'd be like, stop it, you guys. <laughs> like, yes, that was my childhood. Um, anywho, so as, you know. I would like to interrupt and let Sharon know that I have never been to a summer camp in my life because we was broke as hell. So I would just imagine that all summer camps were like Friday the 13th and be happy that I never got to go. Is that a downer insert? Because that's just my life. No, you're, you look sad about it. This might be why you hate the woods now. And I'm kind of like, the woods are great. Yeah, because I grew up going to the woods. And I actually had to do a nighttime nature walk. And that scared the living life out of oh, me. Oh, that sounds fun. And um, Holly had to do the same one because she went to the same camp that I went to as a kid. And she was like, hell no. It was like terrifying. Anyway. Um, so anyway, so then they, as they are going through and walking, you know, like, like you start to see the kids hook up. I'd like to give a shout out to um, Kevin Bacon. <laughs> yes kevin bacon was in the first one i actually want to give a shout out to kevin bacon's butt i mean it was like yeah because that is what you see you see kevin bacon and his girl getting busy and you see her squeeze his little and um not to be but there is as she goes out to take her uh her nature pee it wasn't a nature pee it was outhouse pee after they do the do right then um you know she uh, or he you know gets killed by getting well i think he just gets like stabbed like in the neck <laughs> so it's pretty epic to watch kevin bacon die <laughs> and then uh and then she ends up getting killed and one by one all the characters get killed i i I, I debate on if I need to except for the, the final cast girl. characters are what? Except for the final girl. Right. So, you know, I debate if I need to go through all who all the characters are because it wasn't like they were super well developed or anything like that. But again, what mm -hmm. makes the movie truly great is not knowing who the killer is and and the music with the build up, right? As they go through all the scenes. Actually, the best part of the movie is that they played strip Monopoly, and it's the first time I've ever seen somebody play Monopoly without fighting. So going forward, I feel like strip Monopoly is the way to go. I um, have hit me up at notabsolutelynot.com if you have any comments on that one, or if you would like to play strip Monopoly without me, and tell me how it goes. I um, will never play strip Monopoly. You don't know that? I know. <laughs> Is it the rage? Not gonna it. like boardwalk where the hotel take off your shirt. Okay. Sure. The no. final girl. The final girl. Alice. We're just gonna get to the final girl. All right. Because Tamora's got this full of nonsense right now. It's like goddamn Google. It's, in, it's not nonsense. Look, it's in my notes. It says. Why won't you listen to my notes? Sharon, this is a discussion, not a soliloquy. Now, it says everyone should play strip Monopoly, which is a great and ingenious way to stop friends from fighting over Monopoly. Ba-boom. Yeah. Seeing as how I always play with my children, I don't think we're playing strip Monopoly. No, I said with friends, not with kids yeah. and family. Come on, weirdo. Well, I only play Monopoly with my kids. And then we end up fighting too. So, because then somebody cries. So you're playing with family. Dude, it's crazy. Um, 
So, so I, w- I do cool. want to say that I did have major fashion flashback moments throughout this whole film. Like this was this this was my teenage years, and I truly loved every second of it. Um, um, but let's get to the final girl because I think that's the most important important part of the film. So the final girl is Alice. Alice Hardy. Alice Hardy, who is played by Adrian King. And Alice Hardy is, um, you know, she survives, you know, and she actually fights the the killer. Like right? fight, fight, like they like, fight, which is which is not normal, which is not normal for horror movies where you actually see them like physically going at it, right? Um, one thing to know is that her shirt stayed remarkably clean during all that fighting. So clean. And she was in a dirt up until on the beach. Up at that, but that's the only part that her shirt finally got dirty was once she hit the dirt. But all those other times, all the bloody people, all the different things that you see, all the stuff like she never gets dirty. And it was like this beautiful white, like satin top with like a high neck collar, which was very in style at the time. And and then it's not until she gets to the beach where she actually gets dirty. Um, and I just want to call out that the killer wears a cable knit sweater. <laughs> it's a beautiful cable knit sweater. And that just kept making me laugh the whole time, like watching. Because it's summer camp. And why are you in a hot ass sweater? <laughs> like thick Scotland wood wool cabled up long sleeve crew neck to the top it was fabulous it like looked- that it, and so be- so then that of course because you know i'm a rabbit hole kind of person that of course took me down the rabbit hole of how many killers do you see with sweaters and i immediately went to 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 freddy freddy krueger with the striped sweater he's the only other killer with the big sweater thing that i can think of so far off the top of my head um anyway so alice um ends up surviving um the killer um, who turns out to be, and this is spoiler alert, so I'm going to let y'all know, Jason Voorhees' mom. And Jason's mom is the killer, and she is striking revenge on all of the camp counselors because back in 1957, they let her little boy, Jason, drown because they were having sex and not paying attention. Did they let her dr- let him drown or did she let him drown? Because in her recap, she says, and he was calling out for his mommy the entire time, but I couldn't watch him because I was busy cooking. But we're not going to talk about that. Okay, We cool. can talk about it. We can totally talk about it. No, we can talk about it, it, but I'm just, I'm just saying... Vision. That's why he couldn't swim and he's in the water. First of all, your son's stupid because he's in the water and he can't swim. So first of all, that's on him. And then when he was drowning, he was calling for you, but you couldn't be bothered to be there when he needed you or to tell him to stay out the water. But somehow it's everyone else's fault that you can't watch your kids. Okay, crazy. And you're wearing a cable knit sweater, so you know she off her rocker. So get out of here with that whole nonsense. I just want to give some key moments in in that in Friday the 13th part one her teeth um first of all everybody's teeth in the 80s were like that (laughs) that's an 80s tooth I kept focusing on her teeth whenever they would show a close-up of her face and I was like man those teeth were epic (laughs) those were 80s teeth (laughs) I just assumed everyone in the 80s had those teeth because they're very 
Whenever I think of 80s teeth, that's what I think of. That's so funny. I never really even thought about it, but I just was like, look at those teeth on her. And they are like really close up on her teeth. So, um, and you know, Lord only knows, I mean, gosh, I mean, in the 80s, like we still were thinking that smoking was okay and not cancerous. So probably. Um, I talk in, again, key moments where the pristine silk blouse up until she fights uh, Pamela Voorhees, Jason's mom. Um, I made a note to get, I was giggling about the weaponized cable knit sweater. And um, at the end, after she defeats, or we think she defeats um, Jason's mom, and not to be, but at the very last scene, or as she's fighting the mom, Pamela looks scared, afraid for the first time. And they pan on her face as homegirl, as Alice comes up to like, you know, hit her with, I think it was like the, the stick or whatever. Oh, she had that skillet. Yeah. Or- she had like a cast iron skillet, right? No. Well, she had a couple of weapons throughout the entire Yeah, fight. but this is she the thing like before the she- machete last, right? No, before she, yeah, it's the machete before she kills her on like on the, on the coast, you know, on or on the, on the lake, the lake bed or whatever. And yeah. our lake, what's it called? Lakefront. The lakefront. And the she's floor. like, all of there a sudden, like go. she's going around killing everybody. Then all of a sudden she just has this look and they pin on her face and she's like, <gasps> like, oh shit, I'm about to die. And I'm like, bitch, you've been killing everybody. Now you were everybody. <laughs> and now you, you worried about dying. You aren't worried about killing nobody else. Whatever. That was so funny. I was like, oh my God, this is, I mean, this is why I just loved it. Was, it's so bad and so cheesy. Then, so I hadn't. Oh, go ahead. Then the next part that was really great is that then after you know she she's out in the boat because she decides to go out onto the lake because I don't know I don't decide to go and run and get away from this and go to town. Alice, the final girl, decides to go out onto the water, and when she awakes, she is awakened by the police like calling her name on the shore. And she wakes up and even the music is changed and it's like birds chirping and everything is so peaceful. And she sits up. This scene forever is the dumbest scene in a movie. I swear. I think it's the dumbest scene. And she they like, did it twice. She looks up and like does like her hand in the water like, ah, oh, I'm just waking up. And, and I'm like, who the, f-? like you've just been through a traumatic experience and you just like frolicking in the water now like what the hell and then the creepy jason boy is in the water and he jumps up and grabs her and drags her down right next scene she wakes up in the hospital or does she as she wakes up in the hospital right and so she wakes up in the hospital and she's like what happened to the boy and they're like what boy ma'am there was just you out on the boat that's how you know it's about to get supernatural, we think. I'm going to tell you something right now. This whole movie was stupid. I hadn't watched it since it wasn't stupid in the way it was filmed. It's still ingenious. But the premise, after I watched it as an adult and I'm listening to the reason why she was on this killing spree, I was like, oh, wait a minute. This isn't the camp counselor's fault. This is your fault. But you're going crazy. Like, okay, well, now I can't get behind all of this because you want to spend this movie thinking, look at all these oversexed kids just out here not paying attention to anyone and just having sex and letting people die. And then you hear this story and you're like, oh, 
it was you. You left your kid out there. You went away. You knew he couldn't swim and he was calling for you when he, like, girl, stop it. The other thing that I noted was in the beginning that all the men seemed to take very good liberties of putting their hands on anybody. Yes. Like when Annie's trying to get up in the truck cab, he helps her up by pushing her on her ass into the car. Or when Ralph is going crazy, like, you're going to die out there. He's like grabbing her arm, Annie's arm. And I'm like, first of all, don't touch me. (laughs) And don't put your hands on me. I don't need you touching me. Like it was just so much sexism and I think it wasn't that the kids were oversexed I think that the way that the men were portrayed in here made everyone seem oversexual from like are all the girls gonna look as good as you and I'm like I'm just trying to get oh to the god camp. he's such a perfect that, that gave me the total <laughs> and I was like this is so fucked up like the whole premise of this is this you guys not being able to control your shit Great. You're going to have sex because you're young and you want to have sex at camp because that's what you do at camp. I assume I've never been to camp as Sharon doesn't want me to talk about it no more, but that's kids. Kids do that shit. You're free. You're single. You're supposed to, but it's not that fact that made Jason die in the first place. That wasn't it. Well, it was his negligent ass mama. Yeah. Well, nobody said she was sane. Right. You can't deal with the fact that you are the problem. That's, I mean, that, that, that's nothing, that was nothing new then. And that's certainly nothing new now. So there's that. Um, I, I want to move on to movie number two. Okay. So as we, as we finish up, so homegirl wakes up in the hospital and that's when, you know, there's about to be a part two because, uh, you know, there's really no, like it's they they that's when they reveal Jason for the first time. So fun fact on this, just as a in the filming of this, um, a lot of the, the the original directors did not want to do a part two originally. That was not in the original plan, um, and they were like, absolutely not. Like this was such a hit. That movie was such a hit in 1980 that they were like, we've got to capitalize on that cash cow, which I think is kind of cool, right? Um, and they decided to, and the, and they decided to bring Jason back as more of a character. Now, the holes in the film, as we begin Friday the Thirteenth Part Two, is in ni- it's now nineteen eighty one, and Jason has grown into a full size man. We assume <laughs> that part, that shit. Not um, not even to to go back to the fact that. He's been dead in the lake for how long? And he surfaces in part one as a kid. Right. In part two, he's a full grown adult being able to, I don't know, use the yellow pages to track down some obscure chick who was on the lake that he didn't even know the name of in her house in the city, far away from where he, like, how'd he get out there? Like, what? She wasn't actually in the city. Apparently it was, she'd gone back to the town because I looked it up because I was like, now that's a plot. That's a hole, right? But apparently she's actually in, the town she's actually goes back there for god knows whatever reason and she is alice so alice comes back this is the only time that alice is going to make her um her 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 appearance in um the beginning of the in this in in friday the 13th part two and basically Mm -hmm. she has gotten a way to get her life together right to process all that has happened to her um Shout out to the outfit that she's wearing. Um, 
Touche. Um, the apartment Touché. that she's in um, was very much like the 80s. Like, I swear, it, it reminded is, me. It's quintessential 80s. It all the from print. the hair to the outfit to the apartment. Um, sure. Even like the, the color of the appliances, like all of it made me think of like, like going to like family members that were like single girls and stuff like in the 80s. Um, and what was really funny to me is that like she just has gone through this traumatic experience, but her door's not chained shut. And like the, the windows open on her stoop, like girl, like you, if you're trying to get your life together, why are you just like parlaying? Like nothing traumatic. It just happened to you. So that was kind of a, um, you know, kind of a funny moment. Like, and why is she even living on a first floor apartment? Like, even I know better than that. Like, I never because lived on a first floor apartment. She killed the murderer, which she had, right? She killed the Yeah, mom. but she still didn't feel 100% settled because she was like, the boy was there, right? Like, the boy was real. So, you know, so then she's walking through her apartment and it's kind of a long, drawn out scene for what it is. Like, it's a good, I think it's what, like a good, like, seven minutes of this intro of her, like, you know, but they're, you know, and they, they do a great job. So shout out to the flashback. They do a fantastic. Flashback. I thought it was perfect because it made you think that this was just a continuation of her story. I think that's why it was so mundane in the beginning, because you're just like, oh, they're just building up to how she's going to get back to the camp and she's going to fight again. And then the twist is that this is it for her. That's the end. of Yeah. Her story. Like, but that's just it though. Like, it's like, they do all that just for nothing to come of it. It's kind of lame to me. Um, I was like, Okay. Um, and I, you know, again, I knew that then when I first watched it, I remember it now and I still am like, it was totally stupid. Um, but yeah, I, and I might not say this opening scene took way too long. Um, but then it was really funny because like, I thought this was actually a funny part and I laughed out loud, but she opens up the refrigerator. She sees, um, Jason's mom's head. So Pamela Voorhees head is like sitting in the refrigerator, all petrified and green. And then she gets taken out again. We don't really know who took her out though. At that point, someone jumped through that window though. Someone jumped through that window. Somebody was in the house watching her, but which is funny because the apartment couldn't have been, but that big, but somebody, and as you begin to see how big Jason is, you're like, how the hell did she not know homeboy was in the window? That's a big old dude. That's a big dude. Anyway, so then, um, so then part two kicks in with um, a bunch of kids going back into Camp Crystal Lake. However, they are not going to the campground. They are going to the counselor training center, which is like two miles from Camp Crystal Lake. So it's on the same lake, yeah. just around the way. Yeah. And so all the kids start coming in again and. This one, it's definitely a little bit more jokey and lighthearted, I think, in the beginning of the film. And the kids are tracking in and they're all like, ha ha, he he he. Much, much more pat and tickle, you know, booby central. Um, this is when you start to realize that 1981 is about to get there up in the ante on the, uh, the sexually charged aspects of the film, for sure. So as they, um, one of my notes in here is there's a girl in there. Um, she is Sandra Deer and she's in the opening scene with the guy with the super cool truck. Um, she's played by Marta Cobra. actually went through and like looked at like all the actors and like, where are they now? Um, and her hair is like, the girl has curly hair and it was brushed out the whole time. So she was totally giving 
Shaka Khan Divas Live vibes, like with the big blown out, brushed out hair. And my note in here was never brush out your curls, girl. Never brush out your curls. Haiti <laughs> mm-hmm. was notorious for brushed out hair. Brushing out their hair. So um, so anyway, so she meets up. So they they finally get to the camp and they meet up with all the other camp counselors. And again, it's it's a random assortment. Um, Amy Steele plays Jenny, who is a she actually arrives late to the camp, uh, to the to the in, to the counseling intake form or intake form to the counseling intake meeting. And um and Amy Steele, it plays like she is a quintessential 80s character in a ton of other movies. So that was kind of cool to see her. And I actually looked her up now and she looks she's like 63 now. She looks amazing. Like she is not changed she is like beautiful so that was kind of a fun little thing to see with her um anyway so um everybody gets there they arrive people are kind of coupling up doing their thing and she is um amy Steele, who who will end up being the final girl um is a very like bubbly like athletic sporty type character girl so um there's a lot of you know sexual innuendo you have Marta and her boyfriend. I forgot who plays uh, her her boyfriend, but I think it's Jerry Dunsbury or Jeff Dunsbury. Um, I think uh, they, when they go off, they decide they're going to go off to Camp Crystal Lake and then they get stopped by a sheriff and he's like, yo, this camp is closed, man. Like you guys got to go back. So they go back. And again, from that point of view perspective that Tamara was talking about, they do redo that aspect of the film where you see the... Like, you don't know exactly who's watching them. There's like somebody in the woods, like, you know, tracking for them. Um, and then you see after the sheriff says, get back to your, to your camp, uh, you see, um, uh, you know, the sheriff being chased through the woods and he ends up finding um, the shack. Where- Wait, hold No, Wait, hold on. No, that's true. So- what happens? The sheriff sees someone walks into walking into the woods as he's on his way away from yeah. the camp. Yeah. Okay. And I've mo- noted it because I was like, "Yeah, right. Unrealistic." Police officer gets out of his car to chase someone through the woods as he passing by. Nope, never gonna happen. And he was running like he meant it. I was like, "Nope, not in real life. You wouldn't." I was not even a run bit. that fast. I was like, "Look at look at." Yeah, running. I was like, "Please, this is unrealistic." And he's chasing um, Jason through the woods. He doesn't know it's Jason, but that's who he's chasing through the woods until the abandoned cabin. And I was just looking at that like, ain't no way an officer is going to stop his car to chase someone through the forest (laughs) and leave his car and do a determined chase. Like he's really trying. I was like, nope. Well, not I mean, really. maybe because nobody was supposed to be in the woods, right? Because he's like, look, I don't want these kids up in here because he thought it was more kids. Damn, unless that dude was black, absolutely not going to happen. <laughs> there is nope. one black guy in there. And I was laughing because I was like, please don't kill this black man Barely. in the beginning. Like, do not. Barely. And you don't even see him. I don't think I even you even see him die. Nope, because he's not in there. He is. is he didn't die. He just, I think he was just the blip and you're just like, hey, oh, okay. Right, like they checked the quota. We got a black dude. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, so, um, but the sheriff stumbles upon Jason's abandoned, or not, apparently he's living in the home, but like this shack where there's a, now a shrine to his mother, his dead mother. So, um, 
And then, of course, Jason is there and he kills dude. And basically, from that point on, like the killing just goes into overdrive and I everybody getting killed. That's really all you need to know at this point is that everybody ends up getting killed. It really Except is the same for, premise of, of one just with new new people. Right, exactly. So it really is just a one with new people. But again, I do love the idea of, and then something to kind of think about is the horror movie, you know, heroine, right? Which is, um, you know, Jenny in this case, and, you know, before it was Alice in, in the last one, right? These women you know, who are fighting off these scary, scary dudes. It's like the dudes could never fight them off, but the women. So it's a weird juxtaposition of the women who are being ridiculously sexualized in all these films, but yet they're fighting off the bad guys. Except for the ones who keep their tops on. So my note said, best final girl escapes, Jenny. Mm -hmm. Knocks the fucking window out and books it the fuck out of there. Of course the car doesn't work, but she locks the car door is what you're supposed to do. Mm -hmm. You're not supposed to sit there with your doors open and unlocked. And then she actually does when you're looking at a horror movie and you're screaming at someone like, why didn't you lock the door? She does everything that you would normally do. Like I thought that was pretty notable for a horror film. And when she took out that chainsaw and was cutting that motherfucker, I was like, Oh, Jenny, do it, girl. Not playing. She's Jenny. like, no, not, not today. I'm like, oh snap, you got the right one today. I do feel bad though. Like Terry, just she didn't even do anything wrong. All she did was just skinny dip, and she got taken out. Put shirt on, tits. <laughs> Put shirt on. And they kept like flashing on her booty, like hanging out of her shorts. So they was like, you're gonna it die. You're gonna die I mean, because your ass is showing, and you decide to skinny dip. So there's that. Um, it was it was slut shaming, but I was just kind of like I don't I don't even get what this has to do with anything in the movie other than to victimize women who are comfortable with their sexuality. Absolutely. But I was just like I don't know. Absolutely. So they go on to um, yeah, basically anybody who was you know if you were looking sexy. Or you like only like the athletic sort of wholesome girls are the ones who survived, right? So it's like which began the trope of you know never have sex in a horror movie so that you could survive. So, um, other things to note about this film again, these aren't deep, so there's not like we have a lot of like different themes to go into. Um, however, it was surprisingly better than um, I expected it to be, considering it was a part two. Um, but this movie was certainly cheesier than the first one. I would say that, um, one thing that absolutely pissed me off and there was a conversation in our house about this is when Paul, um, says to the women, uh, yeah. So because there's bears here in the forest, please keep yourselves clean during your metro cycle. So I said, is that even a thing? Like, what the hell is that all about? So I looked it up. It's not a thing. It's like the man who's bringing, told the woman, asking how many tampons she'll need in space for a one month trip and sending her with like 400 or whatever that shit was. And we just was like, y'all seriously know nothing about menstruation. Well, you can't be this asinine. And there is no truth to bears. They've done studies with women being on their menstrual cycle. There's no truth to it. None. I like that there had to be a study for there that had to be a study. study. I was pissed when I saw that. I was like, what kind of bullshit is that? 
Um, I also thought it was very interesting that when Jenny comes after Jason with the chainsaw is now where you begin to see the chainsaw trope, right? With Jason, right? Because like, as you might know, Jason and Friday the 13th, it's always like him with the hockey mask and the chainsaw, right? So then when she comes at him with the chainsaw, now the chainsaw is introduced into the horror genre, um, which... Interesting. I'm wondering now, let me look this up. When was Texas Chainsaw Massacre? It was in the 70s. I believe the first one. So I'm wondering. Uh, how... Okay. Okay. Um, so yeah, so Texas Chainsaw Massacre is in 1974. Um, but yeah, it just, I just think that was really funny, like how that brings in the chainsaw trope with Jason. So um, really, that's about it. There's not much to say about this whole film other than it was um, it was a good sequel, I would say, for um, it's a good sequel for to the first one, although I think the first one is the genre. But the second one did much better in theaters, which is interesting. Here's a, here's a question for you. How did Jenny know what sweater to put on when she was in the shrine room? How did she know that was Jason's mom's sweater? Okay. Why are you thinking about that? Muffin, the dog, was two different colors. What's yes. going on? Is he yeah. brown or is he gray? I was like, I feel like that dog has changed colors or am I going crazy? <laughs> um, well, but, but Jenny knew to put the sweater on because it was sitting at the shrine. Like it was like, you know, is his mom's. What? There was a lot of stuff in that room. But if it's right underneath the head, I mean, I would make the assumption too. Mm -mm. But you're right in the sense of why did, like, how did she know that that was Jason's mom? And like, right, like she put it all together, but how? Like, what were the indicators? Like, it wasn't like she had like a moment to like figure out really like. Right. Right. Put so. it on. Jason, you've done a good job. Like she didn't even know any of that part. Like how, okay, whatever. Okay. But she but uh, she put her child psychology degree to work. Even you look like that could be a lie. But oh, okay. I'm sure it's a lie. Like it was there was, there was, there was, there was <laughs> okay. like give me a fucking break. Um, um one thing we forgot to mention, um, which is the quintessential Jason sound. <laughs> That's like the best part of all the Jason movies. And the yeah. first time they did that sound, I was like, oh, snap. And then yeah. they did it and she was like, go, Jason, go, Jason. Well, well, like, go. then you knew, like, almost like it would become the franchise that it became, right? Because yeah. there's, like, today, I think, like, I don't know what, like, 15, 20, Friday the 13th, or, and then, then the, the, and the and derivatives of Jason, Jason versus Freddy, and all that good stuff. All right, so then we're now let's talk about Friday the Thirteenth Part Three. Oh my God! All we need to say about this movie is that there is nothing to say about um, this movie. It is. Do horrible. you know? What, do you know what my notes say? <laughs> do you want to hear my first note? Yes. <laughs> Omg, the soundtrack with a sad face. <laughs> it was so the very first note. Bad. It, you guys, it is Wait. so bad. When they go out to check the rabbits that are dead and the snake jumps out, you can see the wire on the snake that makes it propel forward. I was like, who didn't edit out the wire? The, the wife portrayal. 
she's like in her thirties, but she's in curlers and she's got like this, what I'm using air quote, this offensive fishwife attitude. What are you doing out there? Come on in. And I was like, that's not anything in this movie. That was my point four. And point five, five was what the fuck is this movie? They're getting robbed at a store in the middle of nowhere. And finally there's some people of color. Yay. As the gang. Sigh. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> this whole movie is just a list of what is happening. And then I'm like, okay, so he's limping when he's chasing her, the final girl, but now he can run when she gets out of the car. Okay, so now he's not limping anymore. Okay, and now he's raising his mask to show her who who she he is. Why as would if she even he remember her <laughs> from when she is? <laughs> it was it was so bad. And somehow the man he, the black man he killed before is back, and he's murdered again. What is going on? And then the crazy thing is, it's like, well, okay, hold on, hold on, hold on. Shout out to part three doing the full recap. Like movies don't do full recaps anymore. So they do a full recap. And again, homegirl's not even in it. Like the best part of the movie, the best part of the movie, the only good part of the movie is you finally see Jason utilizing the hockey hockey mask and where that came from. Right. Exactly. That is the only thing. And then I said, the downside is it could be be he's wearing the mask because of self-esteem issues because that girl was rocking him about what his face looked like and he might have been (laughs) sad. (laughs) So he put the mask on. It was was so This movie is not great. I think this is the movie that you watch if you want to sit with your friends and just like have like the biggest fucking laugh. If you watch it to take it seriously or if you've seen one and two and you go and watch three and you think this is going to be at even an nth of the same level as those, you're going to be so disappointed. And he's, it's not, we're not even at the camp. He's just walking out around people's yards at this point. And I'm like, what? What's happening yeah. with this? And and you guys, this this is 1980, 1981, and 1982. 1982. Like they were just going boom, boom, boom. So um, fun fact, fun fact, fun fetty fact. Friday the Thirteenth Part One got sixty three percent on Rotten Tomatoes. It, it's not a bad movie. Like it's it wasn't awful, and it was really the first of its genre. So that's you know pretty cool in that regard. Um, number two got twenty nine percent. So, and that was the most popular one. Number three got 7%. That's how bad that shit is. It got seven, like single digit, the number seven. Yeah. That's pretty high for what this movie was. (laughs) To be honest, it was, it was really bad. You guys. It it just, it was so like, I remember just watching it and being like, I fell asleep a couple of times. I had to like start it over because it was so bad. Oh, that's, I'm so sorry. Oh, it was, to start over. it was horrible. I was like, oh my gosh. Um, wait, 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 hold on. Remember when she was in the house and she was getting ready to run out the door because she saw someone dead and then the door blew open and she decided not to run out the door. 
and she turned around and ran back to the killer. I was like, wait, what is going on? Stop it. Stop it. My note was like, what the fuck is this plot? What's happening? I didn't even understand the plot. And then it was like, she's like, in, like, she. And like it's clearly not filmed like on the back east, back east anymore. It's totally filmed like in a California town somewhere. And they're not even camping. They're like they're like in a it could be like it, it could be in the Santa Cruz Mountains on a farm. Like it was <laughs> I was like, why is Jason even here? And why is he standing behind the laundry like Michael Myers? What is happening? How did he get there? Why was he there? I didn't understand. Now he's not killing teenagers. He's killing anybody. Okay, got it. And then the the scene in the convenience store with the gang, which is the first time you actually see black people who have some character development. Right. And I was just like, first of all, this is awful. And we're in the middle of nowhere. Where the hell is this gang coming from? It's like three random people were just placed in the middle of a spot they shouldn't have been. And now they're interacting and they're breaking windows and stealing gas because all of a sudden they know where (laughs) the campers are. So they're going to steal gas to burn down the barn. Why? What is this? What is this for? Who is this for? I'm on IMDb and it has like um, quotes, right? So the quote, Andy, God damn it, Shelly. Why do you always have to be such an asshole, Shelly? Sorry, and I'm not an asshole. I'm an actor. Andy, same thing. It's not good dialogue. It's not a good movie. It's not... It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't fit into the genre. There, I get plot holes. Like, one and two had plot holes. Fine, whatever. But this is such a far departure from one and two, which is probably why it was rated so low. Like if this had came out first, you would have been like, I mean, it can only get better from this, right? And you would have thought this was a campy horror movie. But you've seen one and two now and you have this expectation set that, okay, Jason's still out there somewhere. He's got the hockey mask on and now he's going to like exact his revenge. And they spent most of the story talking about something that Christine had gone through. And you found out later that she encounters Jason in the woods and she escapes. And that was her her trauma from the past. And for some reason, she's run into, into him again. And he recognizes her. And he's like, hey, it's me under the hockey mask, my friend. Like, what? Is, what? I, mind I'm you. I'm so confused. Mind you. Fun fact. Again. This whole event for for Friday the 13th part 3 happened the day before in part 2. The day before. She slapped the shit out of him with that machete in part 2, but now he ain't got no wounds. And when did she run across him? And why a day later is she driving up like, "Hey guys, let's all go camping after you just escaped somebody the day before?" What kind of fuckery? this movie was just all fucked up so bad i get not making sense but from the acting to the plot to the characters to 
even the scares that were supposed to be scary, I wasn't scared at all. I was no. just sitting here like the scariest mm. part was the music. It was horrible. Oh, and the music was bad. And um what was the other thing? Um the credits were in 3D. <laughs> I want I want everyone out there to imagine an 80s song and then make it scary. And that's essentially what the soundtrack sounds like. It was it, it was at Sharon, I don't Dude, wait, hold up. Pink, pink game out. Check this out. They had an estimated budget of $2.3 million. They For this were, movie? Yes. Worldwide, this movie grossed over $36 million. Because people were fooled by one and two. And In they 1982. Be bad. No one In would think this would be that bad. Mm-mm. This was before the internet. So you couldn't trash people and be like, you guys don't go see that shit. Seriously. I think they released it and got all their money the first night and then that was the end. And then, okay, now I want to see, okay, how much did it gross? Okay, I just, I'm curious. I know we got to wrap up here, but now I'm curious of um, what the second one grossed. Well, while Sharon's looking that up, um, I need to let everyone know that my new Halloween costume for this year will be a bad biker gang in the middle of the Santa Cruz Mountains stopping by a convenience store, which will entail all black leather, a red bandana, and pointy biker boots. (laughs) Because that's what everyone was wearing. Like, they were so bad. Okay, so Friday the third. Okay, ready? Okay, here we go. Friday the thirteenth. The first one grossed fifty nine point eight million. No, wait, that's not true. Yes, it is. Friday the thirteenth part two grossed twenty one point seven, and then three was thirty six point seven. You know, over thirty six million. That is incredible to me. Somebody was bribed. <laughs> the opening weekend on Friday the 13th, it was $40 million. Well, no, that's not true. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm looking at the, um, that's Friday the 13th, um, the re, re-release, I think. Freddy versus, oh, this is so interesting. Anyway. Um, I'm going to tell you guys to watch it for fun just so that you can have a good laugh and talk shit. I mean, I might even encourage you to take an edible <laughs> and watch it. It's either going to make you laugh or I make you fall asleep. That's the only way you would laugh. I mean, you could laugh without it, but at least you would survive through watching all of it because Excellent. I definitely, I didn't fall asleep because I didn't want to start over. I was just like, let's just power through and be done that's why my notes is one good point was the hockey mask and everything else was the bad and i was like oh i didn't even find any good moments in there they didn't even have they didn't even do the cinematic camera like they did in one and two yeah it's just just very very passe like laughable almost so i know it's summer camp motherfuckers but this was not in the summer camp and this is was a sad sad ending to 
the first trilogy at least. Right. I will say that um, we, we paid homage by reviewing it and I didn't feel like we could do this series any justice by not including Friday the 13th. Um, but I will tell you a little, um, you know, a little sneak peek. Um, no sneak peek. No, I'm not. Shh. I will beep you. I will edit this audio. And we beep. are going to the movies that we have selected to continue in to review are, are very interesting and fun and um, are in the traditional vein of summer camp, but they are based around the theme. So we're going to leave it at that. Yay. Um, I want to thank you for joining us again. We appreciate you taking your time and, and supporting our, our, our podcast here. This is a, a fun labor of love for us. Um, and we get to laugh and bicker and, <laughs> have a great time recording this so please you know like and subscribe um check out our website um check out our new logo give us your thoughts all good thoughts hopefully but if there's bad thoughts we want to hear them too but just don't be rude sharon will listen to the bad ones i can't stomach it Look who's all sensitive now. It's summer camp. Oh, no. no, it'll make my rage come out and then bad things happen. So I'm just not going to do it. I, I know my boundaries. Um, so, But we will see you again. Thanks again for joining us and stay tuned for the one more plug. Go, go squeeze. If you're out there and you want to send me a sample of your latest flavors, I am so ready. So I just re-upped my supply. I had to go to the grocery store and get more of, what is this one? Your speedy strawberry. So just know we doing it. Cinnamon apple. I'm on it. Um, all right. So shout out to go, go squeeze. <laughs> no sponsorship at all. Just like shout out to go, go squeeze. Go, go squeeze. Like I do not want to be affiliated with what you're doing. <laughs> Especially because it's kids and we're all in this episode of summer camp, motherfucker. Tits, put your shirt on, tits. <laughs> Whatever. Sorry, go go squeeze. We apologize. Oh my I apologize. God, I love it. <laughs> Thanks everyone. Thank you for joining us, and we will see you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.